0: with our series for uh, the Jesus we know and love. And um, we're going through the book of Luke to learn about Jesus and uh, to learn about you know, his teachings, what he did, who he was, or more correctly, who he is. And who is this Jesus that we, we know, that we sing to, that we gather, that we worship, that we learn from, and that we follow, right? And then who is this Jesus that we live for? And, and it's good for us to know him for ourselves. Uh, the reason for this is that the more we know about Jesus, the, the better it will be for us. You know, for us... Um, Uh, each of us individually, but also the more we know about Jesus, the better it will be for us to, when the opportunity arises for us to share with others about who is this Jesus, why do I go to church on Sunday, why do I gather, why do I worship, why do I sing, why do I live the way I live, and why do I, for those with kids, why do I raise my kids the way I raise my kids, and and why do I look forward to the future and, and have a direction and a vision and the things that I do because of Jesus. So as we learn and know more about him, we can explain those things to others. So uh, as a right reminder, the way for us to get to know Jesus, there are two ways. Through scriptures is to read the Bible for ourselves. And number two is to spend time with God. It has to go hand in hand. Those two things are equally important. Uh, you know, the spending time with God, I've mentioned this before, it doesn't mean that we have to be in a quiet room all by ourselves. It can be, but it can be the times that we're doing the things that we enjoy. Some of us may like running, that's when we can spend time with God. Some of us may like cooking or cleaning, that's when we can spend time with God also. He wants to be with us while we're doing the things that we like. Uh, it could be commuting. Some of us may enjoy spending time with God while we're commuting. Commuting is not that fun, but it's, it's a great time for me, actually. And then I use that as an example when I'm commuting during the week. It's, it's a great time for me to see people, hear from God, and see the things that he has for us. But anyway, just a, just a little, uh, you know, and also a coffee shop or listen to worship music. So there are many, many different examples in terms of how we can spend time with God. So when we do both of those things together and do them often, reading scriptures, learning about scriptures, and spending time with God, the problems or the worries that we faced, will not be as big or complicated as we tend to make them out to be. As we come to know God more, our lives will come into focus and we will have the wisdom and the confidence and the security in terms of who we are, because we are in Christ and Christ is in us. Why we're here for this time and for this season, and where we are going and having a vision for our lives. And, and uh, by doing both of those things will help us to to be confident and secure in making plans and making decisions for ourselves and for our families. Right? Luke 20. So this week we are... Uh, that was a really abrupt transition. Um, I can delete that out on the, on the recording. Uh, so we this week we are uh, on chapter 20. Uh, Normally, I like to go through the whole chapters and give uh, bullet points of what happened, but this morning I want to spend uh, pretty much all the time just to talk about the f- passage in the beginning, the authority of Jesus. And if you uh, have your Bible you can turn to there, you can turn to uh, Luke 20 in your smart devices, or I have it up, up here um, on the slide for us. All right, let's read through this passage together. One day... As Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also ask you a question. And I actually put in a parenthesis, in the Matthew Chapter 21 has the exact passage except with one additional sentence in here when Jesus replied to them. He said, I will also ask you a question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, All the people will stone us, because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answer, we don't know where it was from, Jesus said. Neither will I tell you what authority I'm doing these things. And the reason I I want to put that one additional sentence from Matthew 21 in here, because I feel it's more complete of Jesus' reply to the the, uh, religious leaders. So this morning, uh, as I said, I, I want to spend all our time working on this passage. And I believe this, um, I believe this passage is very applicable in many situations that we, as followers of Christ, often, uh, hi, (laughs) I know it's your first time doing this slide. I can delete that out too. I can delete anything. It's awesome, actually. It's very awesome. And I can include anything in there. Uh... Just to take a side note, you know, as I was working on this and I just thought it was so funny, you know, if I can add, like, laughing sounds in the back, you know, how the, how you watch all those shows and there's, like, background laughing when someone's saying a joke, even though it's really not funny, and suddenly you hear, Wah! I'm going to add a lot of those. So, uh, anyway... To get back into Luke, um, so I believe this passage is, this passage is very applicable um, in many situations that we, as followers of Christ, uh, will often encounter in our daily lives. You know, as the authority of Christ is, is questioned in this situation, the authority that Jesus has given us will also be questioned. Right, because as we as we receive the authority that Jesus has given us, the authority to proclaim the good news, the authority the authority to 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 speak about the kingdom of God, the authority to to pray for the sick, to heal the sick, and free the captives, those things will also be questioned. And it, it is important for us to see here, and and in all the other, it's important to point out that not only here, but in all the other chapters, and actually in all the other gospels, how um, that Jesus was constantly Teaching and proclaiming the good news. Because they started out with one day. If you, if you go back to the last slide. One day. One day in situations of, means just another typical day of Jesus teaching and proclaiming the good news. One day as in every day that he was doing this. And we can see this in every single chapter in every book of the gospel. So, so Jesus places such a high importance on the teaching and the proclaiming of the good news. Because it's not just a once a week or once every two weeks or once a month thing. It is just one day. As in a, every typical day, he was teaching and proclaiming the good news. And that's something that we should try to uh, example and mirror. And, and I say this to myself also is to, as followers of Jesus Christ, is to proclaim the good news and share with others. So anyway, um, so let's work through this passage together. The first thing we see is as Jesus was proclaiming the good news, there will always be opposition. You know, what was Jesus teaching, right? What was he doing? He was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news. When that happened, there's always oppositions because we know that the prince of this world, which is the devil, would never sit back and let the teaching of the kingdom of God and the proclaiming of the good news to go un, un, unopposed. You know, without putting up as many obstacles as possible, to, to discourage, to distract, or even push back those, which is us, who's teach, providing teaching and, and proclaiming the kingdom of God. Those distractions, they can be, um, or distraction or, or discouragement will come in many forms and many shapes. Financial worries, when we worry so much about our finance, we don't think about God and follow his teaching and do the things that he called us to do, or doubts doubts about what we can and cannot do and who we are and the situation that we're in or past hurts that had something that happened to us when we were younger or something that happened to us from other people, peer pressure, you know, temptations, uh, or intimidation even. And speaking of intimidation, this is what happened, right? You can see these religious leaders try to intimidate Jesus by saying, tell us what authority you are doing these things and who gave you this authority. I, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I can felt the aggressiveness in the manner of the questions. Because, but but what happened is Jesus just replied, and it's something for us to learn from is just don't be intimidated, don't be scared or worry, because when when we're proclaiming the good news and someone try to um, to intimidate us, trust that God has given us the Holy Spirit because He he's He said so right in Luke twelve. When you are brought before the synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. So that's what Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was replying and addressing the question that what they were looking for. And it's the same for us, an example for us to see when someone is trying to intimidate us, um, cause us to have doubts and fear trust in the Holy Spirit and address what they're trying to do. And these leaders, what they, I'm going to use the, the lump sum of the leaders. is the chief priests and the teachers of the laws, together with the elders. They, they didn't like Jesus because he was um, messing up their, their authority structure because the people were listening to Jesus. Their position of power is being lessened. And that's what the main concern was. Because they saw the lessening of the power and the influence over the people due to Jesus proclaiming the kingdom of God. So Jesus knew that and and he understood what the opposition is really asking and what they're really saying and what they're believing in. So it's it's an example of us to be discerning when we answer the question of when the opposition come. Because Jesus understood what they were trying to do, right? So he answered the question by addressing the root problem. He wasn't trying to hide from their questions. He wanted the people around there to see their intention, the the leaders, the religious leaders, their intention, and the main concern was for their own positions of power and how that's being impacted. So this is why Jesus answered with a question. He addressed them in a way that that the opposition would understand. In this situation, they don't because they don't want to hear the answer. At this time, we can tell that they do not want to hear the answer, and they are not being they are not being honest with themselves. So they they will not be able to hear the answer. Um, At this at in in this situation, it would not have done any good for Jesus to answer the question about the authority of Jesus because he eventually will talk about. The authority of the Son of God, and we can talk about it later on in um, later on in, in John chapter five. So chapter five and Luke 21, both of these incidents happened in Jerusalem. So we can talk about that in a few minutes. But anyway, so the reason that Jesus didn't answer the question, their questions, was because he wanted to talk about what they wanted, what they were concerned with, and he wanted to expose their heart, so to speak. So he asked them about John's baptism because they, you know, again, they were not open to hear what Jesus had to say. I lost track of where I am. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I just skip, skip over what I wanted to say here. But uh, I, I said, you know, so his question to them, so his, when he want, wanted them to talk about John's baptism, it was a question that he had gave them. It's not because it was a trick question. Because they perceived that Jesus was trying to trick them when he asked them, instead of answering the question, tell me about John's baptism. Because Jesus wanted to remind them about John the Baptist and what John just declared not too long ago in Jerusalem, in the same place, in the same city. So the same these same religious leaders asked John the Baptist the same question earlier in John 1. We can read that in, in uh, John 1. And when they asked John, like, why are you here? Who are you? Who gave you this authority? And in John 1, verse 23, he answer, John the Baptist answered them, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. So John the Baptist declared that he was preparing the way for the Lord. The coming Messiah, the nation, that the nation of Israel has been waiting for. The nation of Israel has been promised. The declaration from John, the Baptist, about Jesus was about the connection from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Because as everything is written in the Old Testament, it's pointing to Jesus. And John is saying, I'm preparing the way for the Messiah, the promised one that is coming. So essentially, you know, John is declaring the Savior that whom God has promised for, for many centuries, thousands of years. Is coming. And John is preparing the way for this Savior, this Jesus Christ. And now, the same Jesus Christ whom the religious leaders are trying to confront and discredit. Even though they accepted John's declaration not too long ago. So as we can see, and I, the reason I included the additional sentence from Matthew's version is, Jesus was prepared. And he he was willing to answer the question. He just wants he just wanted them to be reminded of what John the Baptist just declared not too long ago. You know, he wanted them to acknowledge how they just acknowledged John the Baptist and accepted his, John's declaration not too long ago, but now they're just about to discredit Jesus and try to intimidate him. As we can see, they were not willing to answer Jesus' question, right? Their concern was only for themselves. The reason they asked the question is they, could, they were worried about their position of power, the, how they were influencing the people. So, they, 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 they knew what the question was, right? They just confronted John the Baptist not too long ago. John gave them the answer. But, so they know what the answer is, but they were not willing to answer that question. So they were worried about how the people would react to them if they spoke the truth. So they took the easy way out. And in this situation, we can see that religious leaders who are self-righteous, who, put the, who wanted to reestablish their own self-appointed authority and power, but they're not willing to do what it takes as people in leadership positions. Right? I think we all know this. It's easy to speak the truth when everyone wants to hear what you have to say. It's different when you have to speak the truth on things that people don't want to hear. And these... <laughs> Then these religious leaders, they resisted in speaking the truth because they did not want to displease the people. And we can see that the main priority was pleasing the people, not speaking the truth, and worrying about the potential response from speaking the truth. In this case, they, you know as you can see, they huddled they huddle together because obviously they planned they plan on this before Confronting Jesus, right? Because the religious leaders, teachers of the law, together with the elders, so all together. I mean, what's the chance of suddenly everyone coming together and asking Jesus the same question? So they have planned on this, and suddenly they realize, oh, wait a minute. Jesus didn't answer my question. What do I do? He's not intimidated. What do we tell him? So they had to get together, and then they realize we need to say something that's not going to hurt us, and that's not going to make us look bad, and that's not going to turn the people against us. So they didn't want to tell the people what they wanted to hear. They just want to tell the people what the people wanted to hear. And this is exactly what Paul wrote about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. This is why... This is why, you know, every week I've, I have and I, I want to always encourage every one of us to read scriptures for ourselves during the week and spend time with God for ourselves so we can have direct relationship with Jesus and know the things that God is, is telling us and what God is teaching us. So then if someone up here is speaking things that are not true, we, we can tell for ourselves through scriptures and through our time with God, like, wait a minute, this is not in line with what i 've been reading and with what god 's been telling me and 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 don't just follow people because sometimes people just want to speak about the things that we want to hear um, and we we tend to create or have an image of a God of what we want him to be versus who he really is so uh, that 's just a little seg- sideways segment for uh, for for us and it 's a reminder for us why I I constantly say that every week, and hopefully it, hopefully it doesn't sound boring for you guys, but it is a truth, and it's something that we all need to remember. Read scripture and time with God. And trust in the things that he has, he has for us. You know, he, he has always been the same, and he will always be the same. He doesn't change with time. He does not change with time. He doesn't change with culture. He doesn't change, you know, he, he doesn't get trendy or hip one day, and suddenly old-fashioned the other day. That's not who he is, um, you know as, as I mentioned earlier, the additional sentence from um, from uh, if if you can go back to um, luke twenty when when Jesus said, "I will answer you if you answer my question, right what did Jesus say? Uh, I will also ask you a question if you answer me, I will tell you by what authority i'm doing these things he wasn't hiding he wasn't you know he wasn't trying to pretend like he doesn't have the answer. He has the answer, and he was willing to answer the question about his authority if they can be honest with themselves. And it's like, it's, so, so what? If if we can go back, because um, if I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, so I hope you guys can follow me. You know, if the reason that Jesus is saying this is because later on he did answer the question in John five. In John 5, which is also in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, he answered the question when he was speaking to the religious leaders, which are the chief priests, the teachers of the laws, and the elders. This is what he said in John 5, verse 19. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Moreover, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. That is where the authority of Jesus comes from, from the Father. And he spoke it plainly and clearly to these same people later on because that's when they were listening to him he spoke to them and told them the truth. And this is also the reason why for us as a church, as a restoration, for us, we desire to honor and glory, glorify Jesus everywhere. And that's the vision. That's the only thing that we want to do. We we don't want to have a vision that just fit with the time or with the neighborhood or with the season. We want to do the things that we should be doing, which is to glorify Jesus everywhere. And in the same chapter, um, so, so Jesus is talking about his authority, but also he's talking about his testimony. Those who testify to him, which is in John 5, verse 31, it said, You study the scriptures diligently, it's in the next slide, because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. This speaks to the teachers and the teachers of the law and the experts of the law, how they spend so much time studying scriptures, right? But completely, completely miss who scripture is written about. Jesus, the one whom all of scriptures were written about, was standing before them. They still cannot accept him or see him because they have this image, this idea of what Jesus should be like, and they couldn't accept who he is that he is the mess- messiah, the savior. And this, you know, this is something that we can also apply to uh, the present day. There, we, we know this because of science, right? There are so many people who spend so much time studying about the moon and the stars and the galaxies and mathematics and quantum physics and biology and anthropologies and who knows what. But they still deny how it actually takes more faith it takes more faith to believe that everything that we see, that we hear, that we feel, came from nothing. It's mathematically impossible to have something that came from nothing. Mathematically impossible. So, so, so it's the it's, it's same application that we can see today that's being applied to science. People study about the origin of life. They study so hard that they miss that there is a God behind it. There is an intelligent design behind it. You know, and and the chance of Jesus being the Messiah. I, I spoke last week about him fulfilling over 300 prophecy. I mentioned last week about how I uh, using an example of how one person fulfilling just eight prophecy. The impossible odd of that is, uh, if you remember, we talked about a hundred thousand trillion silver coins. So that's one to the one in. 1 in 10 to the 17th power. So there's 17 zeros. So someone worked this out in a mathematical order. One person fulfilling just 8 prophecies. So it's the same as 100 trillion silver coins. You fill that up in the state of Texas, so it's going to be 2 feet deep. The state of Texas is 262,000 square feet, square miles. 262,000 square miles. You fill up the whole state of Texas with all these silver coins, it's going to be 2 feet deep. You mark one coin with an X, and ask a person to randomly pick up the very first coin that they pick up is the one with an X. That is the chance of one person fulfilling just eight prophecies. So just imagine how one person fulfilling over 300 prophecies, that is too many zeros for us to even consider. So, that's, so, so, in a way, it takes an incredible imagination, incredible imagination to believe in the Big Bang Theory. It takes incredible imagination to believe, and by the way, theory, Big Bang Theory, don't forget about the theory. Or the new theory, there's constantly a new theory of the universe coming up. It's about, you know, now there's a new theory that the universe has no beginning or no end. I don't know if you guys have been keeping track of that. I've always been interested in the stars and the galaxy, and it seems like there's a new theory coming up every year in terms of what happened. So it's almost the same how it's very applicable to today. People think that they being believe in science. You know, you see all the signs that I talk about like science is real. People forget about the beginning. What happened in the very beginning? So anyway, as I mentioned, the authority of God will always be questioned. You know, the existence of God will always be questioned. Be okay with that. Use that discernment when we talk about Jesus, about the one that we know and love. You know, I want to end this by saying that there. You know, we we see the example, we see the mathematical impossibility of Jesus. And we see how it's impossible to come up with the idea that nothing becomes something. So there is a God, and his name is Jesus. And it's about faith in Jesus and know this without a shadow of a doubt. Because when we speak from a logical or scientific viewpoint, it is much easier, much easier to believe in an intelligent design than an alternative. Right? There's so many theories. Big Bang Theory, Big Crunch Theory. I don't know if you guys ever heard these names. Universe without beginning or end. And there's a new theory will come up now and then to make the scientific community feel good about themselves. But remember this. Jesus spoke about this also. When he said in John 5, verse 41, he said, I have come in my Father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else come in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? He was speaking to the religious leaders, but it is very applicable today because it's difficult to accept Jesus when people are too busy seeking glory from one another for themselves, trying to pat themselves on the, on the back. So for us, because of our faith in Jesus, because of our revelation in Jesus, know that he exists. And he is all constantly being questioned. And the Jesus that exists, you know, he wants us to know that he loves his people. He loves his people just like the songs that were sung this morning, and he wants to speak to us. He wants to tell us of how much he loves his people. And he wants us to trust in him because of His mighty love for us with an unimaginable love. You know, I, I wish I could describe that mighty, incredible love we cannot, we cannot describe what it is like. He has spoken many times about his love for his people and how much it has pained him when people, his people, constantly turn away from him. We can see that in Luke 13 where he said, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. So just know that he constantly loves us. He wants us to be with him. You know, don't turn from him just because of what people have done or said in the past. Or, you know, even if some of those people are from church leaders, people are not perfect. People make mistakes, except for Jesus. Jesus will never go wrong. And that's why we constantly encourage you guys, read scriptures, spend time with God, because that's who we need to rely on and depend on. And number three, this God whom exists is Jesus. He's given us a handbook. This, this, the passage that we study was just an example of the things that, we, that he had encountered, how he handled it, and how we can learn from this passage to handle and talk about the authority of Jesus. In terms of the authority of Jesus, he's given us his, all authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He's given it to us. So our authority in Jesus will also be questioned. In terms of, you know, our position in Jesus will be questioned. You know, in terms of our lives, how we live our lives, how we make decisions for our lives, how we raise our kids, how we raise those kids. Through our understanding and knowledge and love of Jesus, those things will always be questioned when we follow Jesus. And will always be um, questioned when we live for something bigger than ourselves. It will always be questioned because people want to live for themselves, but for us. Because of Jesus, we want to live for something bigger than Jesus, and that will always be questioned. So take comfort in knowing that Jesus' own authority was questioned by those supposedly who knows him best, about him best. You know, this passage will guide a guideline for, for us in terms of like what to do, and that we need to rely on the Holy Spirit, how important it is to listen to the Holy Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit guide us, help us make decisions. Because he said so the Holy Spirit will tell us what to do, will help us make decisions, even when those decisions may seem impractical, maybe even when those decisions doesn't make sense, because, right, when they came up and asked Jesus, whose authority is it? What are you saying? What, uh, um, whose authority that you have? Tell us about this. He didn't answer them. He actually asked them back, because he knew what was in their heart. And lastly, you know, take comfort in knowing that there will always be people Again, questioning the existence of Jesus. And this means that we're doing something right as followers of Jesus. When we are following Jesus, when we make a decision for him, people will always question why we do the things that we do. And we will always come into oppositions. Because the enemy doesn't want us to step into the things that God has for us. If there's no oppositions, I will be worried. I don't want to say that life is hard, but there's always going to be opposition. Because if there's no opposition, that means the devil, the enemy, is happy with where we're at. And where we're not going. We stay in that little corner. But opposition comes when we're stepping into the fullness of what God has for us, the fullness of what God has for our children, and the generation to come. Because we're living in the fullness of the kingdom of God, and the enemy does not want that. Amen. Amen. And that means we're doing something right for, for as followers of Jesus, our Savior and our God. So amen. That's what I have for us the, this morning. And I just felt there was a passage to, to encourage us again. And I think it was so appropriate in